Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Eruk the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. And this week we're talking to Samsung's corporate vice president for the UK and Ireland, Connor Pierce, the big shot in these islands. Connor, you're welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Adrian. Nice to see you again. And you too. Uh, now, Connor, it's at this time of the year that normally I would be uh, bemoaning to my friends that I'm working, but actually secretly loving being in Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show. It's the world's biggest uh, single event for things like TVs and all sorts of consumer tech. And Samsung has been uh, fairly prominent uh, this year. And I'm going to get to some of the uh, the big things that Samsung's launching uh, itself in the Irish market uh, uh, later on, including the, the, S, uh, the S21. But I'm going to ask you about a couple of things um, that I've seen the consumer electronics shows. One of the ones that intrigued me was the new micro LED televisions, a 110 inch model, uh, in fact. <laughs> um, now, first of all, a couple of years ago, I would have said, who needs a 110 inch TV? Today, I'm, I'm raising my hand. I'm saying I need a 110 inch TV. And, and I actually think that might be a pandemic thing. But um, but what's the thinking here in terms of, because I know there's an 88 inch and a 99 inch and look, Samsung, as well as other manufacturers, has had large televisions um, uh, in the past. It's normal to be 55, 65, 70 inch these days. What's the thinking, do you, do you think, in terms of how big we can go in terms of televisions? Yes, uh, Adrian, I do agree, actually. It's my first time experiencing CES from afar. Mm. I don't miss the trip to Las Vegas every January, mm. and neither does my family. Um, I actually, I, in a way, I kind of like it because it, in a way, it's disruptive. But in another way, January is a fairly miserable month, and you do get to go into the desert zone. You know, that's fair. Yes, a bit of sunshine doesn't go miss at all. Um, yeah, of course. You know, I think during the last twelve months, people have really um, looked for ways in which they can refresh their tech at home, mm. and TVs have seen a huge increase last year for for all the reasons you know about. And Samsung, in its DNA, is always pushing the boundaries. And naturally, micro LED is the next huge innovation that we're bringing to the party. I just saw this morning that um, the Samsung lineup that's been showcased in CES has won 44 innovation awards, micro LED being one of them. So, so of course, size matters. Micro 110 inch, it's a huge uh, piece of equipment. In fact, I've actually had the privilege of seeing that in real life. Oh. Um, and it is mind-boggling. But the quality is phenomenal. And so in terms of size, I think I saw a comparison. It's a little bit bigger, I think, than if than taking four 55-inch TVs and stitching them together. It's a little bit bigger than that, I think. I mean, it's completely immersive. The quality yeah. and the 
the quality of the images and also the size really takes over your room, but brings mm. you into whatever you're viewing, whether that's gaming or whether that's 8K definition, um, 8K movies. It's, it really is a phenomenal Imagine watching experience. the 6 o'clock news on a 110-inch TV. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine. You know, um, I, I mean, but it's a very interesting thing. And what you're getting at is, is what I have felt for only a short period of time, really only since the pandemic, we actually bought a new 55-inch telly before Christmas. And I thought that 55-inch was going to be the sweet spot because we're going from a 40-inch. I can tell you now, within a week or two, I was regretting that I hadn't gone bigger. And I never thought I'd hear myself say that. Yeah, there you go. Well, next next up few, there's 110 inch. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might go easy and maybe get like merely an 88 inch or something instead. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll need a new wall looking at my wall there if I went that big. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but, but the point is that, and you're referring to micro LED, one of the th- spurs for me going to 55 was... I went to an OLED. Samsung has QLED. Um, uh, the one I got is OLED. But at that qual- picture quality, the resolutions that we have now, 4K, maybe moving to 8K in a few years, um, it just kind of does make a difference in terms of the size of the screen because you can watch stuff now and it doesn't seem blurred um, or stretched. But um, what, what, where do you see this going? And uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you was curved televisions. Have they had their their day? I think it was a very interesting experience for Samsung to again do what's never been done before and bring in that new experience to mm. life. And I actually had a when I joined Samsung in 2015, my first purchase was a curved TV, and I loved it. It was very innovative, very very unique, um, I, I, and it is quite immersive. Uh, however, I don't think it took off because I think people are looking for that ultra thin, ultra slim TVs that basically sit neatly like a picture on mm. the wall. Mm. And from that, I actually invested in a samsung frame tv where you okay. can obviously change the um, bezels on the on the tv and did and you, you did you actually to... watch that as a television or did you hang it as a wall and kind of flip no i have it uh, next to me here now but I, okay. I do we watch it for tv we watch it for game for gaming on xbox hmm. but actually what i do enjoy most is that you can actually upload your own pictures hmm. and it could be a picture frame of your own creations if you hmm. like and you also get access to all the world galleries and uh, so you can browse through that. So it is, it's a piece of art as well as a TV. I like so the I really World Gallery because I have a couple of smart screens around the the home. One here on my desk, which um, shows me uh, World Gallery stuff. Uh, I, I've always been reticent to put my own photographs up, though, because they, I mean, I like my photographs, but I'm just a little bit insecure about them being that big. You're obviously not. No, I'm nowhere close to you in terms of photography prowess, but uh, no, no, I don't. It's more like family shots from from holidays, but uh, it's nice. And it just obviously rotates every now and again. It just makes it, rather than a black screen, it's now a picture frame. So I think that's a a very different experience. Yeah, the curved TV thing then, what you're saying is um, it was a very interesting innovation. Uh, you still see it in monitors, actually, PC monitors. People Mm -hmm. still, I think because they're sitting dead center. And they have the perfect uh, view. Whereas maybe in a family context in the sitting room, one of the issues that I found was if you're sitting off to, on the couch off to the right, your view of the right-hand side of the TV that is curving away from you isn't quite as good as, as the upside of the TV. Yeah. Um, That's a fair point, actually. And gaming has become obviously huge, huge through the t- pandemic. And what we've seen is a noted increase in sales of curved monitors, particularly the large gaming monitors that mm. we set, that we have offer. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I, am, um, I just purchased the Microsoft Flight Simulator, the 2020 version. Oh, nice. I fancy myself as a pilot. I'm a long way from that. But going back to the dark ages and early 90s, I actually did my private pilot license. 
Oh, uh, a long time ago. Mm. So uh, I've always, but anyway, again, back to the experience. You're, you're going to be a Collison. You're like the Collisons. The Collisons all have a uh, pilot license. I was one um, time, long. there was one time I was hosting a thing in Belfast. Um, and John Collison was one of the keynote speakers. I was doing a fireside mm. with him and uh, he turned up in the morning, he looked a little bit groggy. He had flown overnight from, he had flown via <laughs> Newfoundland to Belfast. Really? Yeah. Wow, I, yeah. Um, I think the last time I flew was uh, back in Western Aerodrome. Um, uh, and it was probably in 1994. Mm. And when baby three arrived, I was, I was informed it was a bad, bad right, career. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, off yeah. you go. Sound, so, sound advice. Would be next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. The, uh, the Can I just move on quickly to? Um, I'm going to get to phones in a minute, but one of the other things that was slightly that captured the imagination at CES was the bot handy robots, um, and we all saw the uh, the short video and the presentation and the imagery of what to me looked a little bit like the TARS robot from Interstellar, like one sliver of the TARS robot, kind of stitched onto a Roomba, um, but with a mechanical arm and quite effective and go stacking dishes and offering somebody yeah. a, a drink. So, so different from basic robots up to now, when we've got a robot Hoover, a lot, a lot of people have, it does a, a basic job. Um, and one of the interesting things about this was it, it, it uses AI vision so it can uh, putatively tell what the material is. So it knows how much pressure to apply when it's picking something up. Yeah. Where do you, do you, do, how far do you think that kind of a home scenario um, is where, you know, because every CS I've ever gone to, there's always been robots and there's always this uh, vision uh, painted of future robots. How far realistically do you think we are away from that? I think in my experience going to CES as you as well, you come away in, inspired with the mm. imagination of companies coming up with the most incredible innovations. And it does, some of them never actually make it to the market. It's mm. more concepts. Um, you see a lot of concept cars there, for example. But what's important is the thinking that goes into it, the engineering that goes into it. So mm -hmm. whether that in its own right comes to life or not, it's what the engineering and the design behind it, I think in time, that's what will materialize. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and of course, I don't know when that's going to come to life, if it is going to come to life. But I do think that that concept will become quite normal in years to come. Years with that, three years, five years, 10 years, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, looking at um, even these days, when you look at new bills, they're much smarter than they ever have been. They're fully teched up. So I think smart homes will become um, a business as usual. And how you use robots and that type of thing, I think that will become, mm. um, people will start considering that. You I wouldn't mind one myself. I'd it, use that it, robot to help teach my Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest teases every year at CES, and usually ends up being one of the biggest uh, letdowns as well, there's always somebody who has a robot to fold your laundry. And you, oh my God, you know, the, you yeah. know, holy grail until you actually realize that it's it's a kind of a, a a gizmo that everything has to be set up in advance and it doesn't actually you know put a handle down into your dirty laundry basket and do the whole thing from there it has to be um all set yeah. up but um one of the interesting i wrote about this uh, a few years ago and the, the the notion of robots um in your home many of us have smart devices now smart speakers and one of the behavioral issues that emerges for families is how you talk to that robot and whether you need to be polite to the robot or not there is an, an whole uh, narrative about parents telling kids to be polite to you know the amazon echo <laughs> or the big speed device or or whatever and i wonder in future like you know if if i have the handy bot and if i'm having a bad day and i start screaming at the handy bot 
you know what that says about me anyway that's a whole other podcast um uh, yeah, yeah but i want to learn from you i wonder might pick up some language for me well to why not i mean well yeah. we know that these devices are adaptive in the sense that they pick up your speech and language um mm -hmm. if you you know permit them to um maybe they could uh like blade runner 2049 maybe the, like the ai and that maybe it can start learning your personality uh Anyway, anyway, that that is really a different yeah. uh, podcast, but um, um, but it does open your mind. CES, we come back from CES, mm. your mind is completely open with all those concepts and innovations. It's very inspiring, mm. and time. It's great. Again, it's an incredible industry to work in because we're always on the edge. Yeah, of uh, something. Do you new. remember this time last year? Not this time, but maybe in a few weeks. The big issue was. Um, you know, will Mobile World Congress happen? Who's going to Mobile yeah. World Congress? Who's who's pulling out of mobile? It's just so strange to think that it's been one full year since that yeah, happened. Know. You know, so much has changed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, moving on to Samsung's big news of the week, certainly in this part of the world, and that is the launch of the Galaxy S twenty one devices. There are uh, three devices. Um, there are also uh, new buds and uh, and and a new tracker gadget as well. Yeah, um, smart. Thanks. I've seen. I've haven't had one in my hand, but I've I've gone through the presentation, and uh, yeah, it looks like it's a kind of a, the S twenty one, twenty one plus and twenty one ultra. They look like they're iterative improvements. That everything's kind of a little bit higher uh, spec. There's a there is a new design on the back with the camera, but the the the, the, the everything just seems a bit better. Is that fair, mm -hmm. or, or or how would you how would you describe it? You know, um, no, I think it's, in some cases it's been significant improvement. Um, and I think looking at the last year, I think people recognize that technology has become a vital thread that really maintains a connection to what's important to you, be it that the loved ones sitting at home are in hospital, are homeschooling and working from home. So I think people are really open to upgrading their technology, as we've seen last year. We've had a really successful year, year last year. And uh, I think when we're coming to looking to, at the design of a new S series, we have to understand what people use this this device for. And typically, people use their device. In fact, I just read recently. Um, I think seventeen percent of the Irish smartphone users open their phone two hundred times a day. Oh, yeah, so easily. maybe a bit excessive. Yeah, but yeah, it just shows it becomes such a huge part of our life. So we listen. What do they use it for? They use it obviously for web browsing, for photos, for gaming and for obviously productivity. And with that in mind, we also have to ask ourselves, well, why would someone want to buy? What's the decision criteria they will use to purchase a Samsung a smartphone? Design and color, and you'll see the colors are beautiful. Including and brown, quite, I think. Hmm? Including brown? No, there's no brown. There's, there's no violet, brown. Oh, yeah, violet, I thought I saw pink, brown. gray, yeah. and, um, and white. So yeah, there's uh, four or five colors. Um, but also the design and then the camera housing is probably the biggest difference, the biggest change, which you'll see. Mm. Um, but why do why do people the color design, camera quality, which I know you are very focused on screen size, battery and uh, reliability. Mm. So if you take all that into account and looking at the learnings of the S20 and previous flagships, we know we, we, we always look for ways in which you can improve. And we've done so. I think in particular um, how people use the camera. This is a big part of it. And I think we've really reimagined how people can express themselves. So let me give you an example. Um, the S21 Ultra, I think this is made for you. Um, 108 megapixel camera. And you, you can shoot with 8K and take a, uh, an 8K snapshot. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to think about, do I take a video or do I take a picture? Just run a video and you can take a great picture out of that. Um, we also have a 100 times space zoom. So really um, 
huge, huge opportunity. The, to, to the thing I'm in. most interested about the Zoom is that um, there are now two optical zooms on. There's a three, on, when we're talking about the Ultra now, there's a 3X yeah. uh, and a 10X optic, and they yeah. are supposed to work in tandem to increase your reach. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, the 100X space zoom on last year's uh, Ultra and last on previous Samsung phones, to me, it was, it was limited in the sense that to me, I found when I got any beyond sort of 40X, 50X, and you're really pushing any camera at that point, um, I don't know. It's not necessarily what I would have uh, thought was a great image at a hundred at a hundred X. I'm hopeful that maybe with the new architecture, the way that the Ultra uh, puts puts uh, these shots together, that maybe it might get a little bit closer. Might be able to push it further to that one hundred X. Yeah, I'm confident that we've learned from last year as well. I think it's going to be a much better experience, and I'm sure you'll put it to its test. So I'm looking forward to that feedback. And one element that is new in the Ultra as well, it also includes. Maybe most people won't know what this is, but a 12-bit RAW option in pro right. mode. So you, yeah. can, so you can really get into the depth of the, of the quality of the video. But, I mean, so that's tech, yeah. but let me explain what from a user point of view. So they have this new um, director's view. So you can take a video, and on that, you can see live thumbnails mm. and thumbnails. And each thumbnail, you can determine the angle or the focus of whatever it's showing you through those cameras it's presenting mm. on one screen. And then you can also... Um, with your Buds Pro, you can actually talk over what the camera, what the phone is recording. So you can have two different uh, audio inputs. You also have a, vlog, a vlogger view. So imagine being at a concert and you're showing your front camera. Oh, concert. Remember concert. those? Remember those? Yeah, remember concerts. Exactly. Yeah. Those days are a sports game. But actually, it activates both cameras. So it shows, it records front and back. Do you know the time. interesting so thing about that? I, I do watch some uh, sports bloggers of vloggers and it has become a thing where yeah. instead of showing the goal they're showing their own reaction uh, to the goal yeah. and and actually it's not just sports there's a whole that's what gogglebox is right on the tv and yeah. and there's a whole um uh, ecosystem of vlogging blogging uh i mean tw- you could argue that twitch is made up of an awful lot of that i know there are twitch accounts that literally are made up of people sleeping and literally they're just leaving for eight hours and they will, act, they will actually get viewers um, for that. So um, I can see the market there uh, for that. All right. I I'm suspect that a lot of this is only made possible because the chips under the hood are now just so much more uh, and uh, our powerful. New Exynos, our new yeah. Exynos chip that we have, the 2100. Do you know, I, and as you know, that, that th- there was a lot of commentary last year about the the S20 or the Note 20, um, there was a difference in different markets between which model got the Snapdragon uh, and which got the Exynos. And there were some benchmarking differences there. Do, I mean, do you think that the new Exynos processor will will make that up? Yeah, I do. Actually, I just, um, it's, you, you saw it was announced yesterday. And mm. um, so definitely we see a, a marked improvement in performance and also about 20% less power consumption. So I think from a graphics point of view, gaming point of view, obviously mm. people are using their device for video calls and uh, multimedia. I think that the stream that you'll see on the Ultra on the 120 hertz, I think mm. will be just supreme, mm. definitely. There are two other standout points about the S21. The first one is that there's no charger in the box. <laughs> and, and I remember 
Samsung running ads uh, against a certain competitor that also did not uh, include a charger in its box set. It's launch in October. And I remember ads mocking that particular uh, manufacturer. I think those ads have been deleted or removed. Um, but uh, leaving aside the pros and cons, environment versus uh, cost savings and, and all that kind of stuff, I guess if Samsung and Apple are both doing this now, it's very hard to see that this is not going to be a standard, that this is this is the standard default, certainly for flagship devices. Actually, a lot of the budget devices were already doing this anyway. True. I do believe the standard in the future will be wireless charging. Mm. And 25% of smartphone users actually choose to use wireless charging. Mm. And you can get multiple device charge, wireless charging devices now. Even from Samsung, you can charge one phone to the other. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's definitely the trend. And I think it's, of course, apart from the obvious environmental um, uh, impact on it. I think that if you think about how many chargers do you have in your house? Yeah, loads. You know, going I mean, back a few years, yeah. the, the actual charger itself. So we obviously still including the USB-C mm. cable in the box, mm. but the, the, the plug itself is, 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 is it so. USB-C to USB-C or is it USB-A USB-C. to USB-C? It's okay. So, and so that's similar to what the other big manufacturer did. Um, and the only complaint there was that while everybody has um loads of charging bricks in their house not that many people would have one that has a usb-c um Mm -hmm. port uh on it but if we're going wireless and i think a lot of people are echoing what you're saying there in theory then doesn't that logically follow that at some point in future that the phones themselves will reflect that and just won't you won't you won't be wireling uh, you know uh, uh, recharging them via cables anymore at all I, th- I think in time that would be the cause. That would mm. definitely be the way. Yeah. Um, it would just become a common standard. And I think obviously much more environmentally friendly. But again, obviously you can charge from multiple devices. I actually just bring my Galaxy um, Z Fold and charge my watch and my earbuds. Right. My buds live on the device itself. On the device. So just, yeah. So you can use your phone as a charging pad as such. You, mu- you mustn't pad. be using it all that much then. Because if you eat, I know the, the, the Galaxy Buds, they don't take up much. Uh, battery power, but you're still going still to be draining you know, actually, it by a few percent. Probably the one device, maybe two, one device that I've lived off during the last 12 months in pandemic is my Buzz Life. Because mm. mm. I could spend the whole day from 8 in the morning until 8 p.m. sitting in front of Zoom or Teams meetings. And actually, I force myself to move because it's not healthy for anyone to be stuck in the same place. So I walk a lot uh, on my step counter and I actually plug in my Buzz Life and I continue my conference yeah. call. Um, as I walk, so I think that certainly the Buds Live actually were were personally were my favourite. And by the way, this, this not this podcast has not been sponsored by by Samsung, but it, as it happens, the Buds Live were my favourite. Um, um, uh, buds of twenty twenty, um, because of their ergonomics and because of the weird, uh, uh, weirdly good audio quality. From the only complaint I had them about them was the noise cancellation on them for me was pretty non-existent that aside they were absolutely um uh, absolutely superb you'd be happy to hear we've addressed that in our new buds pro <laughs> okay so we got the really far superior uh, noise cancelling and yeah. um yeah so when you get a, when you get, get a chance to use that i'd love to get your feedback okay. and that's as you know included in when you purchase when you pre-order a s21 ultra mm-hmm. you get your buds pro and your smart tag included ah in the pre-order offer and okay. for the s20 and s21 plus you get your Buzz Live and Smart Tag included, included okay. for the two-week pre-order period. So it's a really good opportunity for people. That's a pretty good deal. Seen, yeah, it's a really good deal. Because the Buzz Live, they, they, they were retailing at around 190, 199. I don't know what they're retailing at now, but they, they when they were launched, they were close enough to 200 euro. 
yeah, yeah. So it's a really good deal for the next two weeks. Um, and with that, obviously, we also in- introduce our Galaxy Smart Tag, mm. which you can tag on any any item and then find it with um, Smart Things. Mm. So yeah, really bringing some innovations. It's not just about the smartphones, but the ecosystem. Mm. Just mentioned the the folding the foldables there recently. Uh, how's that going for Samsung? I mean, you, you you and one or two other manufacturers are out ahead on that in terms of the concept, in terms of the form factor, in terms of launching models onto the market. How's it going? Yeah. You know, I've worked now in Samsung since February 15, and I'm still overwhelmed and inspired by their appetite to innovate. Um, and of course, they, they learn fast because if you go back to the original Fold, what it is now, and I, that's my primary device now is the Galaxy Z Fold 2 and the Z, um, Z Flip 5G. I have them here. Um, you know, I think we've learned a lot. I think awareness is, is certainly growing. And the fact that, especially if you have 5G on these devices with the full device, mm. I, used to walk, I used to go around, I used to bring a, a tablet, a laptop, and my phone. Now I only really, probably spend 80% of my time only on my fold. Because mm. as you open it up, it's a mini tablet as such with right. 5G. Mm. So it's a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. We have a lot of, we have been doing a lot of heavy lifting because awareness, affordability, yeah. et cetera, also access to it because when you're purchasing a high value item like that you would like to go into retail and experience mm. it and naturally in the last 12 months that's been rather difficult so mm. what we've done is we've actually inter- we've introduced a lot of um online tools where people can have a, a virtual tour or an experience of our new innovations the fold or the z flip so I, it, I think as we talked about the um wireless charging i do believe that full will become businesses it will become the common factor i mean is it that does samsung see this um and i know you're you're not the the guru for all future uh samsung planning but i'm wondering does samsung see this as its new ultra premium category that like it has the s21 ultra now um other manufacturers have their ultra premium i'm wondering does samsung is it positioning its innovation and, and it's its top phone in this foldable segment where the s20 s21 you know, S22 maybe next year. They be, they're high-end phones for sure, but the foldables are the ultra-premium. I, I, does that make sense? Yeah, I understand. I suppose it's a new category for us mm. as well because it never existed before foldable became a, a form factor. And it is obviously at the high, high ultra-high premium. Yeah. What's interesting is that even during the pandemic, the market last year dropped by around um, 8% last year, but the ultra-premium segment grew significantly in fact oh. our position within that also grew because people are willing to invest mm. in ultra ultra premium smartphone experiences and especially this, the full phone and what's really interesting for me is that obviously we have a huge base in ireland 1.8 million um samsung smartphone users with a very high recommendation score in the uk that's around 15 million we've increased it by 1 million in the last 12 months but what's more important is that they're using more of our ecosystem and we also know not just because we had the edge on 5g last year and for the majority of the year, we also know that the fold um, form factor is attracting iPhone users like never before. Hmm. Need twice as many. If you look at the uh, number of people who purchased a fold phone last year, twice as many of them would have come from iPhone than a, a standard Samsung smartphone. Okay. So we know we have something that's very enticing and compelling for our competitor base yeah. coming over because of that. But but so in terms of you know how it's doing you're, you're not going to tell me figures or anything but i mean is this still kind of a very niche thing for samsung at the moment in terms of it's being reflected in sales figures i think looking back when we launched it about 18 months ago of course it was niche and it's certainly growing the fact that we've we haven't had access to retail to really showcase that i think that's been a challenge right for us. right um but i do think 
the interest of it is growing. The fact that it's 5G and people are looking for a larger screen experience, the Fold is a perfect choice. So we'll continue seeing that naturally uh, um, evolve mm. in our portfolio. Mm. Do you Has anybody picked up any of Huawei's market share? I mean, Samsung would, to me, seem ideally placed to pick up a chunk of any market share that Huawei is losing or has lost. Has has that sort of been the case? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think in the last twelve months, we've I've been very focused on improve bringing our uh, Samsung customers back to Samsung. Those who maybe have gone off piste and tested something different, particularly with another Chinese brand. So. Uh, we've been very focused on that. And with that in mind, actually, we saw some significant market share growth in Ireland and UK because a lot of those Huawei customers are coming home to Samsung. Why are they coming home? One, because they're familiar with the Android experience, naturally. Two, most of them had previously a Samsung phone, so understand the uh, ecosystem. But three, we have a very affordable range of devices from, as you said, Bold to our low, um, um, even 5G A-series. So, yeah, that's been... Well, I mean, it, look, it's the Play Store. I mean, that like because I still get... Um, exactly. new new Huawei phones to to test and I'll be honest with you like in terms of Why the actual the, yeah but but in terms of the the hardware it's still very good I mean the cameras yeah. they but they're very good the the, but the design but the, the Play Store is tough it's a tough it, it, it's for some people it's going to be a killer I mean I can get quite a few of the apps on but it's just a bit harder and um, Do so. you know Adrian, I've been around the block now since mid 90s and I wouldn't wish that on anyone because mm. And having said that, though, I do, regardless of the business you're in, I think mm. competition is healthy, no matter which angle it comes from, because it puts pressure on, on the incumbents to think differently. Mm. Uh, so we've obviously evolved a lot and improved our portfolio on A-series and S-series and Fold because of that in- increased competition. So that's, I, I think mm. it's important that we have a good competitive Do, do you market. think, um, and I'm not sure if you would be directly in a position to see this from the UK market, but it seems looking globally that there is a a division going on in the tech world and Huawei's kind of part of it insofar as it's being led by the States to a certain extent in the UK as well. Um, this adverse reaction to Chinese made uh, technology, Huawei's getting hit at the moment, both on the infrastructure and on the, the handset level because of uh, the Google ban. But I'm just wondering five, 10 years in the future, are we entering into an era now where there are two giant tech worlds. One is largely around China, um, and the other is, let's call it the West. So, and that's one where Samsung Samsung would play in both markets. But Samsung is, you know, very strong in uh, Europe, very strong in the US, um, and maybe that there are two divergent. I mean, is there do, do markets? Is there anything to that? Do you think? Um. I, I'm not one to comment from a global perspective, but I do just from a UK and Ireland point of view, I think that we've obviously seen uh, an opportunity for us to grow our market share and bring mm. and really leverage our portfolio. Again, I encourage competition, no matter where it comes from, uh, because I think it does keep everyone innovating and looking for ways in which we can satisfy the consumer. That's all it is about. Right. If the consumer's at the beginning, the middle, and the end. I think that's what we should be focusing on, and competition will will, will encourage that. Right. Um, okay. But, just a last word um you're talking to me i take it from dublin i'm sitting in my lounge in shankill <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um because you're based in the uk that's where your your gig is you're, you're the corporate vice president for uk and ireland but you've been in ireland i take it for a while yes actually i've been this is my first time living and working in ireland since 2007 
when I was working, uh, I went off to work in the Middle East and then back to the UK. My family returned in 2015 and I've been com- commuting since then. So mm-hmm. since March last year, I've only been on a plane three or four times, mm-hmm. reluctantly, uh, to, to touch base with my team. But it's amazing how quickly we've, we've all adapted to mm-hmm. this new virtual world. Uh, I have three teenagers who gobble up um, the Wi-Fi all day and every day, schooling and college and doing multimedia and gaming. So uh, it's, a, it's a real... Yeah, silver lining maybe, of course. It's a terrible, and what, terrible what do you think it'll be like to go back? When, when do you think we'll all go back? Because I'm in the same boat. Oh, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but hopefully the vaccinations will be rolled out yeah. quickly and that will take some of the pressure off, which is huge, huge at the moment. But I do think it has certainly uh, made a significant change in the way we all, all work. Maybe there'll be a hybrid model. I can't imagine us all going back, traipsing back into our mm. office and working there 10 8, 10, 12 hours a day, that's not healthy for anyone. So I think we've found, we have to find a new balance, a hybrid working environment. Office space will become much more creative, much more collaborative, Mm. much more for um, meeting people. Whereas virtually you can have meetings as we have been for the last 12 months. I don't think Samsung would have been as successful as it has been. And so I'm really proud of the team that they've really lent into that. And we've really found new ways to engage and connect with each other. Mm. But having said that though, I get my energy from people. So I really do miss that. Uh, team spirit and engaging with people that way so i'm looking forward to it yeah yeah well okay listen thank you very much for uh, joining me on the podcast today that is connor pierce corporate vice president uh, for samsung in uk and ireland and that is all we have time for this week folks so from me adrian wecker the tech editor of the irish and sunday independent thank you very much as always for tuning in we'll be here same time next week and i'll talk to you then bye-bye